You're listening to the Visionary Life Podcast. I'm your host, Kelsey Rydell. We're hanging out here today because one day while hiking in Peru, after just having been let go from my dream job, it hit me. There's so much more to life and there's no excuse for not embracing uncertainty and trying new things to really explore our full potential in this lifetime. On this weekly podcast, you'll hear from successful entrepreneurs, creative thinkers, and visionaries just like you so that you feel less alone as you pursue everything you want and deserve in this lifetime. This is a space where big sky thinking is welcomed and conversations about daily betterment are essential. So if you're ready to stop living an ordinary life and start living a visionary life, then welcome home. Welcome back to the show, Visionaries. I feel so good after a weekend hanging out in the town I live in and just like really disconnecting. I know I say that a lot on weekends, but after a five-day work week, I just crave time in nature, active time where I'm not sitting at my desk and it really just prepares me for the week ahead and I love what I do, but getting off the screen is just so therapeutic. So anyways, I'm sitting down on this beautiful Sunday evening, April 10th, and I wanted to share that this week our episode is fire. I am interviewing Celine Dior, the the founder of Vitae Apparel. So let me tell you something cool. Celine started this brand when she was 18 years old. Yeah, you heard that right. And in her very first year, she hit six figures. Imagine that. You start an apparel brand, like creating your very own fitness apparel line, and all of a sudden you're making six figures in revenue. So Celine actually grew up as a competitive swimmer. And in that time, she noticed that there was a lack of bathing suits on the market for women that were stylish and that could perform with her active lifestyle. So she decided to get to work with no plan, literally no idea where it would take her, and she worked her butt off to bring Vitae to life. So in this episode, she's going to share the entire story, and the reason why Celine is on the show is because I put up a post saying I was looking to interview incredible, visionary Canadian entrepreneurs. And a friend of mine from university, shout out to Mark Neal, he said, you need to meet Celine. She is young. She is on fire. She is in momentum. And I was like, all right. So I started texting Celine. Little did I know, like this business is rocking. So in the show, she's going to share how she figured out how to start a bathing suit and fitness apparel line. So pretty much how she deconstructed the manufacturing process and got her first prototypes. She shares what her workload has been like since starting this company. And side note, she's definitely worked her butt off and deserves every ounce of success that she has. She talks about the importance of featuring real models. So if you go on Vitae's website and you browse their fitness apparel, you're going to see their tops and their sports bras and their biker shorts in a variety of sizes, which is so appreciated. She talks about the power of influencer marketing, and if you realize uh, their magnitude of success, you're probably wondering, how did they do it? And a lot of it is actually through ambassadors and influencers, which is really cool. 
And Celine also shares where the company is going from here. And they just made some massive transitions, moving their warehouse. So you really don't want to miss this conversation. It's really good. It's really juicy. Celine is a joy to chat with. She's wise beyond her years. And her determination to learn on the fly is truly admirable and honestly quite essential for any entrepreneur. So if you've ever found yourself doubting your abilities as an entrepreneur, you're going to be wildly inspired by this show. And I have a little gift for you visionaries. Celine actually gave us a discount code to Vite Apparel, and I literally just placed my order. I cannot wait for everything to arrive. So the discount code is visionary. So just type in the word visionary at checkout. You can save 10% on your order. Uh, Like I said, I put in my order tonight because I needed to be refreshed by recording this intro. I was like, oh yeah, I really wanted their, they have these like lemon yellow sports bra and biker short combos. They're so, so cute and I cannot wait to work out in them or just like lounge around the patio this summer in them. So anyways, go check out Vite Apparel. It's just V-I-T-A-E-A-P-P-E or eh. wow, if I could spell this, it'd be good. V-I-T-A-E and the word apparel.com. You guys got it. Just click the link in the show notes. How about that? Um, so anyways, go grab yourself some of their cute sports bras, tops, sweatshirts, sweatpants, biker shorts, tights. They have it all. Use the code visionary at checkout. She's giving us a generous 10% discount code and I'll be sure to tag mine on Instagram when it arrives. Um, And as always, if you are starting a business and looking for support, accountability, and all of the templates that you need, I am here to help. So head to KelseyRidal.com. So that's it. Let's dive into this week's episode with Celine from Vitae Apparel. Celine, welcome to the Visionary Life Podcast. I'm super excited to sit down with you today. We were connected by a mutual friend, Mark Neal, and I put out a shout out saying I'm recording season nine and here we are. So the power of the internet and social media, it never ceases to amaze me uh, in how it connects me to people like yourself. So thank you so much for being here and welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. So you started your brand five years ago, and I believe it started as a swimwear brand. Is that correct? And can you take us back to the origin stories of why, as a swimmer, you started your own apparel line? Or is it a bathing suit line that it started as? Yeah, for sure. Um, I swam competitively my whole life, all the way till I was 16. And due to financial family reasons, I couldn't continue swimming competitively anymore. So I became a lifeguard pretty much full-time while in high school. And, um, I was working, saving up money to go to university, all that. And throughout my few years of lifeguarding, I would say by then probably two years of lifeguarding. Um, I was 18 and I had just graduated from high school. It was the same summer. And you know, that summer before university, you're kind of a little bit lost. You don't know what you're doing or you don't know what you're getting into. And I was just like brainstorming. And I was also just looking for bikinis to buy for the summer to go travel. And I couldn't really find anything that was functional yet fashionable. So I decided to start sketching my own designs um, just on my little sketchbook and to see like what I can come up with. Um, 
throughout my years of lifeguarding, I also noticed a lot of women, they would jump off the diving board or come off the slides and their bikini top would fall off. <laughs> and being, I know it's ridiculous and yep, embarrassing there. for them. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I was like, there has to be something out there, a design that is, you know, like it looks good. It makes you feel good. It makes you feel confident, sexy, but still it's functional. And I couldn't really find anything besides like Speedo, Nike, or like Adidas, just very athletic looking ones. So I started to design my own and the idea very quickly came into life after six months of um, sampling, sketching, contacting manufacturers. I think it also really helped that I grew up in China and I kind of know a little bit about looking for manufacturers. Like, where do I look? What do I look out for? So I do have a little bit of background and knowledge just from you know listening to adult conversation between like my mom my uncle and stuff like that so that really helped me kickstart it so fast I think um and by December 2016 during finals of first year I launched Vitae um as a swimwear brand uh we launched with three styles and those are our very very staple styles and yeah the the rest is history (laughs) Oh my gosh. Okay. So there's so much to crack open here. So when you were designing these bathing suits and then starting to look for a manufacturer and all that, how did you know that anyone would be interested in what you were building? Like, were you sharing with friends and family? Did you already have a following amassed or were you taking a leap of faith being like, Oh, I'll produce, you know, a thousand bathing suits and we'll just hope they sell. Yeah. Um, I, You know, looking back that one thing I don't regret is that I never really did market research. I know a lot of people say, okay, when you start your business, you need to do market research, see see where the gap is, see, you know, what's missing in the market. To be honest, I never did any of that. I kind of just, you know, saw that like, this is what I wanted and being in the swimwear community, um, like swimmer community, I would say, um, I also didn't necessarily ask if other swimmers were experiencing the same problem, but I know at the time there was only two brands that girls would buy from. And I was like, there has to be a market for like another there's space. So I kind of just went for it. And at the time lifeguarding really helped me to save up money. Um, We make pretty good money for, for my age at the time. And so I saved quite a bit up and I just kind of went for it without doing a lot of research. Mm-hmm. I didn't have a following. Um, I was always really passionate about social media and I started to build a swimwear slash tropical places feature type Instagram. Mm-hmm. I think three to four months before I launched the brand, when I launched the brand, I the account already had three, 4,000 followers. Mm-hmm. Um, and I grew that just by posting like other bikini brands, summer inspo, travel, beach inspo, that type of stuff. And mm-hmm. back then in 2016, the algorithm is different and it's way easier to grow, I think. Yeah. And yeah, I kind of had that niche follower in a way when I launched the brand. Mm-hmm. So when you say when you launched the brand, did you before launching like write a business plan? Did you have anything down on paper or did you literally just get a shipment of your initial run of bikinis? And then you're like, okay, I guess I'll start talking about them. Or was there more structure on the back end? Yeah, um, I didn't have a business plan whatsoever. And I think the biggest struggle for me when I started my brand was to actually build my website Mm -hmm. and 
I knew Shopify was a thing back then, but I didn't go with Shopify in the beginning. Um, I was lucky enough. I had a friend that was learning coding, trying to build portfolio, building a website. So um, he was my coworker. So I, I hit him up and I was like, hey, like, you know, I want to start a brand. Do you want to help me build our website on WordPress? So that's where we started. And um, <laughs> thinking back, probably would have started with Shopify right away. Um, I think it's just much easier and simpler. Um, when you're starting a business, you don't want to have to think about coding too. So yeah, I didn't have any business plans. I kind of just went for it. And one thing I did know was that how I was going to promote the brand. Um, I knew this before I even started the brand and that that was, yeah, it was to build a community and to build our brand ambassador program. Hmm. So day one, we, I I went all out in looking for women um, that are in like different culture backgrounds, body shape, different ethnicity, anything like I want diversity. And at the time, because I kind of just quit swimming as well. Mm -hmm. And I did go through a lot of weight fluctuating for myself and it really hurt my self-esteem and I lost like my self-confidence and it was a real struggle. And I remember at the time, Victoria's Secret was the place for like all the girls to go buy swimwear and also like garage. And there wasn't really good body type representation back then. And I told myself, I was like, when I start this brand, I want to use real models. I don't even want mm-hmm. to use people that have experienced modeling. I want to use real people. And so I kind of set that mindset and goal right off the bat. And I went out to look for women that I think would really represent our brand values and our brand messaging really well and showcase diversity, showcase um, confidence. And even when you're not confident, showing that you are working through that and becoming better and yeah building a community finding brand ambassadors that really align with us was like how i knew from the get-go that how i'm going to build the brand that's amazing and especially like now that seems like an obvious thing to do but i honestly think five years ago it was still back then it wasn't the early stage of like influencer marketing community marketing brand ambassadors so obviously it was um probably irresistible offer for anybody who got approached by you. So what did you do? Did you just search Instagram, find people who you thought would be a really good fit for your ambassador program? And then like, what do you do? DM them saying like, can I send you a free bathing suit? How does that actually translate into them promoting your products? Yeah. Um, so I looked for a lot of brand ambassadors directly on Instagram. All I did was just DM them and solopreneur right you just handle everything customer service dm influencer marketing all that shipping and i personally outreach to a lot of women that i found through whether it's through similar competitor brands when i say competitor i should probably say bigger like brands um i see like who likes their photos like who's commenting on their photo who likes similar type niche products so i i reached out to them and also location like finding people in vancouver finding people in toronto Um, location-based targeting and finding people that I think would be a good fit. And I just DM them. I'm like, Hey, my name is Celine. I'm the founder of VT Apparel. You know, like we're looking for brand ambassadors, like would love to, to have you um, become a rep. And at the Mm -hmm. time we actually didn't offer free products, but we did give them a huge discount. Um, And we gave them a huge discount and there were different perks as well. So for example, uh, we always did photo shoots and we don't use models we use real people so they were able to participate in like a lot of events 
photo shoots and just a lot of fun community engaging activities. And also they were able to earn a percentage of commission on any sales that they make. So that was the perks that um, initial, the very, like very, very startup initial brand ambassador program. That was um, what it was about. Mm -hmm. I think that's so clever because like, really, you're just making them feel part of something and all human beings want to feel connection. They want to feel purpose and to invite them to join a program like this. And then to have these live meetups and photo shoots, it gives me something to do, something to look forward to. Yeah, exactly. People love to like connect with people and meet up with people. And there are so many ambassadors in our community that found their best friend, like for life through our community. Yeah. It's really like eye-opening and just amazing to see women and people can come together like that and mm-hmm. be there for each other and support each other. So was it like really rocket fast growth in the beginning in those first few months or was it like super slow burn? Like what was that first year like in terms of sales? Yeah, I think the first first year we hit six figures, um, which was crazy to me because I remember when I started um, the people around me were, were older because I worked at the pool. People that worked at the pool were older and they were telling me like, oh yeah, if your business, you know, don't make money in the first year, like that's normal. You know, if you survive the first year, like that's already a huge deal. Mm -hmm. And like, that was everything that I was hearing during that time. And I was like, oh, okay. Like, okay. Set the expectations (laughs) low. And you know, if we get through it, like, great. So that was like the mindset that I had. And I think first month we did 3k in sales Mm-hmm. And then month after month, like we grew, I think quite a bit, I think for the first four years of, of our business, we grew a hundred percent year over year. Wow. Um, yeah. And sales were great, but there was a lot of work that goes into it. Um, at the time I had already not quit, but I decided to take a gap year for university. So after going first term and then I launched the company, I was like, okay, well, this is going well. I kind of want to take a break and see where this takes me. So I worked at the pool as a lifeguard still from 5 a.m. to 1 p.m. And then from 1.30 till 9.30, 10 p.m., I would work on my business. So I have basically kind of like two full-time jobs and I did everything. Like I worked really hard on getting our brand name out there, partnering with, um, other brands or running giveaways and growing our following, building our brand awareness, doing photo shoots, fashion shows, like running events and just really creating, I guess, buzz brand awareness and also really building that community from day one. And Mm -hmm. I think that really, really helped us grow year over year, a hundred percent. It's crazy. Yeah. You say a hundred percent growth year over year. Like at what point in this journey do you realize like you need to hire help? You need people to support this because you are growing at a rate where it's like you can no longer handle every single job in the company. Yeah. Um, I have a funny story. The, the moment that I knew that I needed to hire someone or that I wish I hired someone earlier was when I had angry customers complaining about my customer service. Um, Throughout my teenage years working at like different jobs, I didn't really work at different jobs. It was always in the like swimmer community, lifeguarding, teaching swimming. And it wasn't a lot of customer service or retail experience. And I didn't know firsthand how to deal with someone that is so angry about my product. Mm. And at the time I was also really young, combining with no experience, I took everything very personal, you know, 
I mean, yeah. it is my baby, right? I created the product. I created the brand, everything I did myself. So when someone is upset about the product or spreading lies about my brand, I took it very personally. Mm-hmm. And I remember, I think in the first like few months of running the business, um, back then Facebook group was also a huge thing. And um, I think some customers had like spread lies about the brand or the situation. And I took it very personally. And I personally responded to the Facebook comments or thread and whatnot, and just had arguments with my customer. And I would say throughout my five years of running my business, that would be my number one regret is doing that. And I think till this date, we still have customers that like remember that incident or that knew that that was a thing because word spread, right? People talk. And even though they weren't, they didn't see the thread, their friend experienced that or the friend heard from another friend. Mm -hmm. And um, that I think will continue to be my number one regret. And I knew that I should have hired someone earlier, someone to help me do customer service when that happened. And looking back, I should have hired the customer service agent like faster. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Which you can really only learn uh, Through I guess, when you're a first time entrepreneur, right? Yeah. Like you started this company at 18 years old. And like on that note, did you have someone mentoring you as you're going through all of these growing pains month over month? Or did you truly just like put your head down and figure it all out yourself? Yeah. Um, at the time, I wouldn't say I had like one mentor, but I was never afraid to ask questions yeah. if I needed to. Um, when I first started, I actually, um, it's the found, the co-founders of Vessi. Mm-hmm. Um, we lifeguarded together um, mm. at the pool and that's how we know each other. And back then they had other businesses going on and they were always such inspiration to me. Um, being in the e-com world and starting products and business ideas from scratch. And I really learned a lot from them and I was never afraid to ask questions. Mm -hmm. I think also my uncle has his own e-com business. He sells on Amazon and eBay for, I think at the time, six, seven years. So if I had any like manufacturer questions, shipping questions, he's like the person that I would go and ask help with. Um, But in terms of all the marketing community building, it's all about learning as you go and yep. make mistakes as you go. And if you have any questions about, okay, what's the Instagram algorithm doing? Just test it or just read about it and do research, read blogs, YouTube. That's like how I learned mm-hmm. most of my um, knowledge. Yeah. Well, and that is kind of the perk of not having run other businesses or not having spent years studying marketing. Yeah. Like you were learning on the fly because yeah. you needed to. And also that is the best way to learn marketing because it's yeah, always changing. So. It's always evolving. So even yeah. if you spent two years reading a textbook, by the time you started implementing it with Vitae, it would have been outdated. And I love that you were just doing it on the fly, like with that, like I'll figure it out mentality, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that was um, how I learned too. At what point do you see enough success that you decide to start launching more and more products? I think two months into launching our first ever swimwear line, I actually, I think before I even launched it, I had already had second the second collection in sampling stage, designing stage. Yeah. Obviously the, the design wasn't ready. So I launched the first collection. And then I think three months after the first collection, I launched our second collection for swimwear. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and then we just kind of always launched new products every like two to three months for swimwear. Summer, we did more. In Vancouver, the summer is so short and the weather is so cold. So it wasn't a lot of opportunities to launch new products. Um, and how we pivoted to fitness was kind of a blessing in disguise because we did the pivot right before COVID, like right before anyone even knew this whole pandemic was going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that was really, really lucky. And the reason why we decided to add fitness was also because we had a very large community then. And I always engage with our customers and our community and ask them what they want to see and what they want to wear. And so a lot of them said, Oh, like we want active wear. We want fitness apparel. And I was like, Oh wait, like that makes sense. Um, when I was a competitive swimmer, I also did a lot of training, weight training, running dry land training. So I also lived in active wear and I decided to try it out. So we ordered our first collection ever, I think in 2019, November or 2018, November. Um, I think 2018, November, we ordered our first ever fitness apparel collection and it sold out within a day, the entire collection. Yeah. And, um, it was crazy. And after that, we kind of just start building our cash flow because fitness apparel was way more expensive and the production time took longer. Everything is longer. Mm. The process is longer. So it was harder for us to keep inventory in stock. So I just had to launch it, let it sell out. And then, you know, like recoup, get the money cash flow to order the second PO. So it was a little bit of a struggle, I would say in the first year. Mm. And because of the pandemic in 2020, we grew a lot. And every time we drop something, it's basically out within two or three days. Wow. And so we had to, you know, save up more cash flow, trying to, you know, get our bottom line better so that we can continue to create new designs, improve our designs, drop new products, and keep our community engaged because they always come back and buy. They love our products, they love the quality, they love how they feel you know, living in our fitness apparel. And because of the pandemic too, everything is online. All eyeballs are online and we already had a really strong community. So we really put out a lot of content like workout challenges, Mm. um, IG live recipe, cooking classes, things like that to keep our community engaged in the lifestyle that we portray. And I think that really helped us grow during the pandemic as well. Mm Mm-hmm. And so you mentioned like people love your products once they, once they try them on, they keep coming back for more. And so I've actually never worn them. So I'm going to actually go online and get myself some, but I'm curious, there are so many fitness apparel brands out there. And so I imagine there's this conversation of, oh, it's so saturated. And obviously you've done something to make your products unique. What sets Vitae apart from others who create similar products, but like, what is the unique differentiator of what you do versus everyone else? Yeah. I think for, for me, when I started the first ever fitness apparel collection line, I like bold, bright, fun colors. And I think a lot of brands out there just have your basic black, gray, you know, dark colors and just simple. And I wanted something fun. So a lot of our colors, um, even on our website right now, are very bright, pastel-y, you know, light colors. And I think 
a lot of people don't see that in other brands. Maybe you'll see it for like one collection, but not consistently. So we are kind of known for our very fun colors. And then when I started the fitness apparel collection, I didn't want our product to be like $120 for a pair of leggings. I didn't want to be that. I want to be high quality and I want it to be accessible for pricing. Mm. So our pricing is not pricing like you can buy on Amazon, $9.99 for a pair of leggings, but we're also not Lululemon, like 120 bucks. I want it to be accessible for people and I wanted to keep that quality. So our quality, honestly, a lot of customers that come back and keep buying is because they think it's the same as a pair of leggings that's over a hundred bucks. The quality is there, but the pricing is half. So I think that's one of our unique selling points. Um, And then we're always really innovating with our fabric. Last year, we launched a a collection made out of recycled nylon. Cool. And we're always innovating with different designs, listening to our customers. Like, do they want pockets, waistline, sagging? Okay, how do we fix that? So by listening to our customers, it really helped. And then the other thing I think is honestly our community. Mm -hmm. And nowadays, people don't just want to buy a product. They want to be able to connect with the brand to align themselves with this brand, with their brand value, with their brand messaging. They want to feel a part of a community. They want to buy from something they believe in. So, and I think obviously that was my goal since day one. And I think we do a really, really good job in building our community. And I honestly think that's probably Mm -hmm. the number one reason that sets us apart is because when people buy from us, they're not just buying a product. They're also feeling like they are a part of something. And they're a part of a community. Mm-hmm. And they always say that like people will come for the product. Like I might catch an Instagram ad that you guys put out. I buy my first yeah. product, but I will stay and be a repeat customer for the community, right? Exactly. That's what's yeah. going to make me keep coming back for more because I feel invested and I feel part of something when I wear your product. So I think exactly. that's a very, um, just like a great thing that you guys have done that not enough brands are doing. Yeah. Thank you. Um, yeah, we have a really high repeat customer purchase rate. I think this year we increased another 10% for return customers. We're mm-hmm. sitting at about 45% of our customers come back and buy. Amazing. So fast forwarding to this year, like what does your team look like today? How many people are supporting the vision? Um, and maybe just describe some of the roles that you've had to hire over the years yeah. so that you're not doing everything. I know. Um, so right now we're at 20 and half our team is overseas and half our team is here in, in Canada. Um, 20 amazing women. And cool. it's really crazy and eye opening to see how well a team can work together and brainstorm and come up with creative ideas and solve problems. As a startup, things always come up and stuff is always last minute. And having a really strong team that can back you up, problem solve together, and just grind through it is really important. And I'm proud and happy to say that everyone that works at Vitae is really passionate about the brand. And we all have the same values. um, And we're a family. And we work really, really closely to each other. Mm -hmm. Um, I think some of the roles that was really important in, in the last year was, um, I hired a head of operations and we were always really strong in the marketing department and everyone on the team is very creative and people that are creative often are not organized. And it was really difficult for us to 
you know, come up with processes, you know, do things more planned out in advance and just be, you know, ahead of the situation and knowing like, okay, maybe if we run this event, like these are some logistical things that we need to think of. And these are some foreseeable obstacles that will come up. Like that's not something that is like on, on our mind mm-hmm. and having hired that head of operations was really crucial in setting the foundation for our future, like few years of growth. I think um, we finally came up with a team like structure so we finally like have department names department heads who's under who who works under who who works alongside who and like we finally have a chart and that wasn't you know done until last year and we also came up with company values we did a lot of team exercises together to define the company better you know our three-year vision like where do we want to be like how do we get there so I think that was really important and just really setting up processes in place like having weekly meetings and one-on-one meetings and cross departmental meetings and having structure on how this entire campaign runs out and what are the KPIs like what's needed and having a process for everything was a huge learning curve for me and I think also for everyone on my team so last year was was tough um, because everyone is kind of learning this new thing that we've never thought that we had to do. Mm-hmm. And it worked before because we were smaller and, you know, everyone kind of like did everything. Everyone kind of had all hands on deck and, you know, someone that's like running social media might even help with CS a little bit. And last year we wanted to restructure and make things more streamlined. So that was really important. Yeah. So important. And I'm sure like it is a bit of a growing pain, but it's like not everyone can just have the knowledge in their head because if something were to happen, like, thank God it's all written down and that somebody's kind of managing like the structure of the company itself. So really awesome. Um, I know there's been some change in your warehouse too and like where you're storing all of the product. I think you moved warehouses twice in the last year and now you're actually moving uh, across from BC over to a warehouse in Toronto. How do you manage and stay sane when there's so much change, so much evolution? <laughs> like, are you just used to putting out fires and constantly pivoting on the fly? Like, how does how do you stay sane through all of this? Hey, Visionary, are you ready to launch your business? If you're looking for a way to get started, we can help. The Visionary Method is a weekly coaching program that will guide you through the process of launching your business and generating revenue in as little as 12 weeks. We have helped over 100 entrepreneurs build their businesses from scratch and find community with people just like them. You don't have to do this alone. It doesn't matter if you're an introvert or extrovert, young or old, experienced or brand new. Our method works for everyone who wants it badly enough. This isn't about getting rich quick. It's about creating something meaningful that changes lives and makes the world a better place. Join us today by heading to KelseyRidal.com for details or click the link in the show notes and learn more about the visionary method. Yeah, I would say in the first few years of running the business, I lived by the word hustle and get shit done. (laughs) Yeah. Um, get you done is still my quote and motto, but I think the definition changed a little bit for me back then. When I first started, I was always constantly working 24, seven, seven days a week, no stopping and anywhere, any chance I can get on my phone to talk to a customer or engage on DM and whatever I'm doing it. And I think in the last 
last year really changed my mindset because I was burning out a lot. And then mm. also I hired people and I was like, why not let them do it? You know? And so, yeah, last year I really learned to sometimes take a step back and take a break and focus on work-life balance. Um, I still think that it's really hard for entrepreneurs to do that. Your business is your baby. This is your mm -hmm. life. And it is hard to have work-life balance, but just always remember to, to take a break and understand where you are mentally um, and also physically. And yeah. that really helped me throughout the last year because that's when all the changes are happening. Um, we hired like some very key roles and we grew our team so much and um we moved to our first warehouse and then shortly after that like we outgrew it really fast and then we moved to our first 3pl and then just i think just trusting your team and trusting that they have the knowledge and let them do it just let them do it and if they mess up we all learn from it and if they don't great they executed an amazing project so trusting your team in the process was a key to me in helping me be sane um and then, yeah, so, so we moved to our first warehouse and then we moved to our 3PL last year. And now currently we're moving to Toronto, um, moving our 3PL to Toronto. And honestly, the decision came really quick. It literally came last week. Wow. And, <laughs> and you're yeah, moving it today. Wasn't like, yeah, I know. And we're moving today. It wasn't like it was in the works for months. Okay, like back and forth. Like, should we move to the East Coast? This and that. I, it was very quick and sometimes you just have to make quick decisions and maybe it's right maybe it's wrong and you won't find out till you make it so just make the decision with yep. as much information as you have mm -hmm. and being an entrepreneur i think you'll never have all the information you need if you're always waiting for all the information you need in order to make the right decision you'll never make it and mm -hmm. that's not how you grow and that's not how you scale and learn mm -hmm. so the opportunity came, I made the decision with the knowledge that I have, which is our East coast customers are growing, you know, so much. Um, I think from comparing last year, August till now we grew from, I think 55% in the East coast to 70% in the East coast. So just like alone saving on shipping costs and making sure that our customers are happy receiving yeah. their packages faster would have already been a huge factor of me deciding to move to Toronto. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I think my advice is you'll, you'll never know if you made the right decision until you just make it. Absolutely. And if it's right, then great. If not, then you learn from it. And I think like one of the best character traits of entrepreneurs is oftentimes that they are decisive. They make a decision rather yeah. than sitting in all the options and never actually taking action. So I think it serves yes. you well most of the time. Maybe uh -huh. once in a while it backfires, but again, you're able to make those snappy decisions and move yeah. quickly, which is the benefit of running your own company. So speaking of, you've grown your team, a lot has changed. What is your role in the business today? Yeah, right now I am the head of marketing. And we've recently had some changes around our operations department. So now I am also running operations, but I wasn't um, last year. Yep. And we're kind of in a transition period where we're restructuring things a little bit. And then my, I think my next step would be to, my, one of my goals is to hire um, a digital marketing manager to step in my role right now by the end of the year. And so I can step out of the business a little bit more and see things in a bigger picture and mm -hmm. do 
the visionary things and move the company forward more. Right now, I'm still very much in the day-to-day um, organization of campaigns, launches, overseeing all of that, making sure like our community department, creatives department, digital marketing department, all that is like ready to go. And on the operations side, I'm dealing with our 3PL and also being that chain, I, I guess, connector between customer service and operations. Mm-hmm. And I'm also the person that decides on like what product to order. Um, what are we designing? You know, what are the color palettes, all of that. So I would say right now I'm still very much in the business and I want to get out of it, but we need to take it one step at a time yeah. and to slowly pass things off. And over the course of the last two years, I would say I have, first of all, gone out of CS, gone out of finance and also operations. I was out of it for a long period of time and I will be out of it soon mm-hmm. as well. And yeah, I think marketing would be the last thing that I'm letting go of Mm -hmm. because I just, I'm so passionate about it and I love doing it. And I think it'll be really hard for me to, to let that go, but I know it's needed. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. I'm wondering like when you even find time to sleep, you're wearing still a lot of hats, which is incredible, but you're obviously, you know, you're still in that like very key phase where a lot of things do need your hands on them, but it's exciting to think about maybe stepping out and being able to work on the vision of the company at some point when you find yourself with more time. And so, you know, kind of my final question is, do you have that big vision of where you're going? Do you know like why you're working so hard and what is motivating you to get up in the morning, even on the days when you're like, holy shit, I'm tired. I'm doing so much. Like, what is that? Why? What is the vision you have? Yeah, I think for me at core, what I believe in is building a community and having a safe space for women to connect, support each other, empower each other, and just be there for each other. Mm. Honestly, if I could do this with another product and just have that same community aspect, I would. And I think it's very important for entrepreneurs to identify like what drives them. For me, it's building a community. Mm-hmm. And the product comes alongside it. Like we create amazing product and people love it. Like that's a bonus for me, but having that community that people like come back to and like can trust, stay in and connect with people is my passion. Mm -hmm. And I think for the next year, uh, this year, actually all our projects that we have on the pipeline are about continuing building that community, uh, customer retention. How can we keep our customers happy? How can we make our customer experience better? And customer, aka also community, is always our number one core and mm-hmm. priority. Mm-hmm. Um, in the next little bit, we kind of dabbled in wholesale a little bit last year yeah. and the year before that. But I don't think um, that is where we shine. Mm-hmm. And we just do so well connecting with our community online and offline too. I want to continue to build our online brand presence, whether that's through social media, email, SMS marketing, or any other creative channels and ways to continue to grow and build our community. I think that will continue to be my priority. Mm -hmm. Do you feel proud of all you've accomplished in the last five years, or do you just not even have time to think about that? (laughs) Oh, that's a good question. Um, I think sometimes when I sit down and have a moment to breathe, I will look back and be like, oh, wow, like, look how far you've come. Yeah. But most of the time I 
um, putting out fires <laughs> and getting ready for the next launch. So don't have too much time to think about that, but I am trying to take pauses more and reflect and see, okay, where I'm going, is this still where I want to go? And like, look how far you've come and appreciate like the little things in life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's very admirable to see what you've created. And I have no doubt that if you can build such a strong company and strong vision and strong brand with products that your community is loving in just five years, imagine what the next 20 years hold for you. So um, very, very cool. So if people want to get their hands on some Vitae apparel, uh, if they want to connect with you, where are all the places that they can find you? Yeah, our website is vitaeapparel.com. And our Instagram is vitaeapparel. It's V-I-T-A-E-A-P-P-A-R-E-L. And if you guys want to connect with me personally, my Instagram is Miss Dior, uh, M-I four S's and dot D-I-O-R-R. It's, it's complicated. Um, I'm sure it'll be in the description. But, <laughs> yeah, we'll, um, we'll pop it in the show notes. <laughs> yeah. I'm also happy to give the listeners a discount. Oh, we would love that. Yes. Yeah. Can we What's use the What's a discount code? code that would work? Could we use the code visionary? Yeah, let's do that. Visionary and you guys can get 15% off. Oh, man. I cannot wait to share this discount code with all of the listeners. They're going to be so stoked. Us business owners, we like to be comfortable while we work. If only you can see what I'm wearing on the bottom, it's sweatpants. So (laughs) (laughs) um, I will definitely be placing my order very soon. So cannot wait. And we wish you all of the success in the future. So thank you so much, Celine, for sharing your story on the Visionary Life podcast. And good luck in your future of the company. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Visionary Life. I love bringing you these conversations on a weekly basis, so it would mean so much to me if you could help me out by rating and reviewing the show in your iTunes app. You can also support the show by taking a quick screenshot of the episode and sharing it on your Instagram stories, tagging me at Kelsey Rydell. I'll catch you in the next episode. P.S. Whenever you're ready, there's a couple of ways that I can support you. So first thing, if you're ready to make your first or next $50,000 in business, explore how the Visionary Method Business Coaching Experience can accelerate your growth. There'll be a link in the show notes. Also, if you're feeling lost, confused, or overwhelmed when it comes to starting an online business, reach out and book a free revision call with me. I'll offer you customized recommendations on how to get unstuck so you can live a life filled with joy, happiness, and fulfillment.